Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan. The first half hour of the show here. We're going to focus on Brewers baseball as we get ready. About an hour and a half away for first pitch. The Brewers and the Braves will go over starting lineups. We'll go over the uh, NLDS roster for the Milwaukee Brewers as well here in the first segment. We'll also check in with Bart Winkler, who is at American Family Field. Uh, rumor has it he's just hopping from one tailgate party to the next, possibly. Um, so we'll see how that's going for Bart coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. Then, if you are a wrestling fan and have been a wrestling fan for a number of years, Eric Bischoff is a name that you are all well aware of from his WCW days and so forth. A 2021 WWE Hall of Famer. He'll join us in one half hour, about 2.35. Eric Bischoff joins us. So tell your friends, tell your family. Text people, whatever you need to do. Eric Bischoff on Sparky's Midday Madness coming up in about one half hour. And then Rami Makloff will be in here uh, after that. Also, at some point here, uh, maybe after Eric Bischoff, before Rami will play Matt LaFleur, uh, who talked a little while ago. Jalen Smith's going to be talking too, uh, so I'm assuming Rami will probably play that back for you. Coming up on the Rami show from 3 until 6. Also, he'll have Ryan Wood on from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. All right, let's talk about these... uh, Rosters and lineups for the first game of the NLDS at American Family Field between the Braves uh, and the Brewers. Uh, NLDS roster, no surprises really, I guess, at catcher other than maybe that they're carrying three. But I think that's that's pretty standard, I think, right, uh, in, in the playoffs. Luke Maley uh, is the third catcher. Omar Narvaez, Manny Pena are your three catchers. Infielders, no surprises here, I don't think. Willie Adamas, Eduardo Escobar, Jace Peterson, Rowdy Tellez, Daniel Vogelback, Luis Urias, and Colton Wong. Outfielders, Jackie Bradley Jr. Maybe that's a a disappointment for some of you that don't like Jackie Bradley Jr., didn't want him on the roster. But as I've said before, defense plays in the postseason, and he definitely can bring his glove uh, to the game. So I, I think that might be an asset before this is all set and done. Can't count on his bat. But as far as the glove goes, for sure. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, Avi Garcia, Tyrone Taylor, uh, and Christian Yelich are your outfielders. Uh, then let's talk about the pitchers. Uh, starting pitchers as of right now, as it sits, Corbin Burns on the mound today. Woodruff uh, gets the starting game two. And then we got Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, Adrian Hauser, uh, all starters uh, on this staff. 
bullpen guys uh, by trade. Brad Boxberger, uh, Aaron Ashby, starter or bullpen guy. Uh, Jake Cousins, who pitched well throughout the year. Uh, Gustave is uh, on this roster. I'll explain that in a second. Uh, Hunter Strickland uh, also uh, on the NLDS roster. Now, we can talk about John Del Gustave uh, and why he is on this roster. Part of the reason he's on this roster is because Brent Suter is not on the NLDS roster. And immediately when this came out earlier today, while we were doing the Wendy's Big Show, uh, Plugger pointed out there was no Suter. So we went to the splits, and his ERA is over 10. Uh, but he only faced, like, what was it, eight batters, 16 batters, something like that. It was a small, small sample size. He'd struck out like half of them, but he gave up a home run in that game uh, and had some issues. Uh, inning in a third, very small sample size. We're like, well, I guess maybe, but he struck out a bunch of dudes. So I don't know if that's a reason to pull him and not play him for the entire series. Then uh, when Craig Council finally spoke uh, after the rosters got put out, he said that uh, in the last game, Suter had an oblique issue uh, that came up. They thought he might be able to go. He's not. Uh, so that is why he's going to miss this series. So no Brent Suter. In the NLDS, uh, as of right now, because of an oblique issue, the thinking is that he should be ready for the NLCS, uh, obviously, uh, if they can get through the NLDS first. So we'll have to wait and see. So that is how the 2021 NLDS roster looks. Now, uh, as far as uh, how this is going to match up, it's Corbin Burns for the Brew Crew against Charlie Morton uh, for the Atlanta Braves, who's pitched really well in the postseason since 2019 uh, the worst outing he's had was his last outing in the playoffs last year in the World Series. Gave up five runs in about four, four and a third inning. Uh, outside of that, he's pitched really well. This is not the same Charlie Morton who the Brewers uh, have beat up on over the years in Pittsburgh. He's definitely improved since then. The lineup uh, for uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, coming up here in about an hour and a half. Uh, Jorge Soler uh, leads off in right field. Uh, he's got 27 homers on the year. That's going to be the theme here, are the home runs. Freddie Freeman, uh, again, all-world first baseman, hitting 300 with 31 home runs. Ozzie Elvis, uh, two uh, at second base, he's got 30 homers, 20 stolen bases uh, on the year. Austin Riley, I played fantasy baseball uh, a little bit too, besides fantasy football, had Austin Riley at the beginning of this season, Plucker. Beginning of the season, we drafted Austin Riley. I cut Austin Riley by the end of the first month and was done. I was like, I'm done. He's struggling. It's not going to work out. I'm moving on. Let's go. And uh, Austin Riley uh, showed out after that. 303, 33 home runs, 107 RBIs uh, for Riley. And again, baseball, you think football can be frustrating. Baseball is even worse. Baseball, you have to show patience and belief in a guy. So even if he is struggling for a certain amount of time, you can't just drop them and, and bail. Because uh, if you do, you can get burned, obviously. Uh, Adam Duvall, uh, 228 on the year. Not that great, but 38 home runs, 113 RBIs. I mean, you've got your two, three, four, and five hitters all are hitting 30 or more home runs. Your three, four, and five hitters all with over 100 RBIs this season. That is big-time offensive production. Uh, then uh, after that, we go to uh, the left fielder. Uh, for the Atlanta Braves, uh, Eddie Rosario, uh, who, again, doesn't have the big home run power or anything like that. Eight uh, home runs on the year. Uh, actually, 14 home runs on the year for Eddie Rosario. 11 stolen bases. Travis Denard, who's been around forever and a day at catcher. 
hitting 220. Dansby Swanson, who's never lived up to the hype of how good he was supposed to be, but he did have 27 home runs this year and 88 RBIs. Now that's who's batting eight. That's a pretty good lineup for the Atlanta Braves. And then, of course, Charlie Morton is pitching and hitting nine. So it's Solaire, Freeman, Albies, Riley, Duvall, Rosario, uh, Donald, uh Swanson, and Charlie Morton. Then, if you go and look at uh, their history against Corbin Burns, not a big sample size really for anybody. Duvall is one of seven uh, with st- three strikeouts against them. Austin Riley, one of three. He does have a home run against them uh, and a couple of strikeouts. Ozzie Albies, two for four. Freddie Freeman, one for three with a couple of strikeouts uh, for his side. Uh, Solaire, zero for two. Rosario, zero for three. Do you know who's owned Corbin Burns? Dansby Swanson, four of five, five RBIs, two home runs, and one strikeout. Maybe you're not a fan of intentionally walking an eight-hitter, but we'll see what happens this first time through the line with Dansby Swanson and Corbin Burns. And if Dansby Swanson takes him yard or does something significant, I may not pitch Dansby Swanson the next couple of times through the lineup when Corbin Burns is in there. Just face the pitcher or whoever is going to pinch hit for the pitcher and take your chances because four of five with two homers. Good God. I mean, you want to talk about seeing somebody well. He's seeing Corbin Burns uh, well. Let's look at the Brewers uh, side of things here. Leading off at second base, Colton Wong who comes in with 14 homers, 12 stolen bases, uh, 272 average. That Players' Tribune piece, I, we talked about it yesterday. If you have not sat down and read that yet, go read it. I promise you, you will love it. You know, we've we've had in the past guys that have penned pieces about their time in Milwaukee or their time in Green Bay and so forth. This rifles about anybody else's piece. So uh, Colton Wong just really loving on the city of Milwaukee, Brewers fans, the organization, all of that. Uh, and the beginning part of his wife being in labor and him being there is hysterical. So check that out. Uh, Willie Adamas bats second in at shortstop, 25 homers, five RBIs on the year. Christian Yelich is batting third. Christian Yelich, did you see his overall hits versus at bats? Plucker? He is 99 for 399 uh, on the year. 99 for 399. 399 at bats. He does not have 100 hits. And 399 at bats. Yeah, that's not the greatest. We we've known he's been struggling all year, though. I didn't I I didn't see the hit versus at bats that that's ay, ay, ay. Uh, nine home runs, nine stolen bases uh, for Yelich. Avi Garcia uh, on the year 29 homers, uh, eight stolen bases for him. Rowdy Tellez is at first base uh, today. He's hitting fifth. He's got 11 homers on the year, and obviously has played a big part, especially after acquiring. Maybe slowed down a little bit since then. Eduardo Escobar, uh, nice to trade acquisition. Hasn't maybe showed the power since he's been a member of the Brewers. Maybe they'll be on display in the playoffs. 28 homers, though, for the season uh, for Eduardo Escobar. Omar Narvaez is hitting really low in the lineup here. I, and I I am surprised he's this low. But either way, uh, he's batting seventh in this lineup uh, with 11 homers on the year. Then Lorenzo Cain is your eight hitter with eight homers and 13 stolen bases on the year for Lorenzo Cain. Uh, he started going in September a little bit. And then Corbin Burns uh, is batting ninth uh, and pitching. Careers versus Charlie Morton. Willie Adamas, one for nine, uh, has one homer that has only hit four strikeouts. Yelich is hitting 400 against Charlie Morton. Six of 15 with three strikeouts. That's a positive stat. Six of 15, that's good. That's a good sample size. So maybe he'll do something today against Charlie Morton. Avi Garcia has never gotten a hit off of uh, Charlie Morton, 0 of 5 with an RBI. Rowdy Tellez, 1 for 6 with an RBI and 2 strikeouts. 
Eduardo Escobar, one for nine and three strikeouts. Omar Narvaez, three for 11, four RBIs, a homer, and three strikeouts. Lorenzo Cain, two for five. If you look just at the splits of how this team does against Charlie Morton, they're going to be in some trouble because they do not hit Charlie Morton well. I mean, the only one that hits them well uh, is Christian Yelich. Everybody else seemingly uh, has stunk uh, against Charlie Morton in their career. So we'll see how this matches up. Again, postseason, playoff game, Burns uh, versus Charlie Morton. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this whole thing plays out. We did not get Dan Plucker's uh, predictions for everything involved uh, for the weekend. So let's do that. So we're going to get to Bart Winkler down at the stadium here, or down at uh, American Family Field here in a couple minutes. Uh, thoughts on Badgers, Illinois, Plucker, officially your prediction. Oh, goodness. Do I have to? Yeah. Like, we all did that's it. That's such a disaster. Um, I'll take Wisconsin to win. Wisconsin over Illinois. Yeah. Fine. I'll say it's going to be like 14 to 10. We're talking, Bruce. So we'll do that last. Uh, Packers, Bengals. Um, Packers, Bengals. I think the Packers win 21 to 17. Yep, close. I agree. That would be close. Uh, and then the, tonight and tomorrow for the Brewers, Burns tonight, Woodruff tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go Brewers win tonight and tomorrow and they sweep. <laughs> oh, I hope you're right. I hope you are right. So that means when I come back to work on Tuesday, we're talking about a Brewers sweep wedding on the NLCS. Yes. Oh, I'd be so excited. That would be amazing. I just, I don't know, man. I just got a feeling they're going to split this thing in Milwaukee. That's going to put them in position to have to win in Atlanta, and then they come back and win game five in Milwaukee. I think it goes five games, comes down to Thursday. Uh, they win game five, and then whatever happens in the Dodger-Giants series, I have no idea who wins that series. Neither do I. I pff, goodness. I mean, it's probably it's been, it's the two best teams in the NL so far this season facing off, and I'm, I'm going to give the Giants a slight edge. They're always, like, whenever postseason comes in San Francisco, they're always ready to go. Like, sure. It doesn't matter what the team is, how good they've been. It's very similar to the Cardinals, where if they make the postseason, they're making a run, usually. And Except this year. Uh, you don't think so? You think the Dodgers Cardinals are, are gone. No, I'm saying they didn't make a run well, this year. Well, right. Yes. I know. Well, I'm saying the Giants are like the Cardinals Correct. in that they're always – it feels like they're always in the playoffs and they're always making well, a the run. The only difference here is – and I, this is why I warned against this whole Cardinals thing. Because, again, as I said before, I'm not a Schilt guy. I'm just not. He's not La Russa. And – Kapler, I'm not convinced he's Bochi. So we'll see how this plays out. He's done a hell of a job during the regular season. He's definitely learned. We talked to John Heyman about this on Thursday, our Odyssey MLB insider. He's definitely learned from his mistakes in Philadelphia as a manager, for certain. Um, and he's been playing uh, the right numbers because he's a huge, huge analytics guy, uh, is Gabe Kapler. So he's been playing the right numbers. I-, I-, I just think when you get into this situation, inexperience sometimes can really screw you up. It really can. Uh, and I, I think that hurts them. I, I think the Dodgers win that series. Uh, and then we're talking about Brewers and Dodgers uh, in the NLCS for a chance to go to the World Series. That's at least what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping it's Brewers-Dodgers. That's what I want. Y'all think I'm crazy. I know, but that's what I want. Football season's in full swing and playoff baseball is starting. A place to catch all the games while creating your own sporting action is Cute Club of Wisconsin. Not only do they have plenty of TVs to watch the games on, but you can play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room while enjoying awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday. Oh, today's Friday. Yeah, they got fish fry tonight at Cute Club of Wisconsin. Yeah, the fish, it's piled up. <laughs> With all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com. Q Club of WI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, 
North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Coming up next, we're going to check in with Bart Winkler, the Bart Winkler Morning Show. He is at American Family Field, and he'll be there for all the playoff games uh, throughout the uh, Brewers postseason this year. We'll see what the atmosphere is like. We'll see what people are thinking, how people are feeling. That's straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. The segment sponsored by Tally's Tapping Eatery. Watch Milwaukee's playoff game at Tally's while enjoying their famous Friday fish fry, plus special pricing on pitchers. Check them out on Facebook for details. Tally's Tapping Eatery on Sunset Drive in Waukesha, Steve Sparky Fiverr with you, Dan Plucker, executive producer on the other side of the glass. Uh, Rami Makhlouf comes up with the Rami Show coming up at 3 o'clock. Then don't forget, after the last pitch, you'll make the switch to the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show with the franchise Tim Allen, live from Las Vegas. Yeah, the man's in Las Vegas. Uh, live from Las Vegas coming up uh, this evening after that game is done between Milwaukee and Atlanta. Joining us now, he is at American Family Field from the Bart Winkler Morning Show. He is the aforementioned Bart Winkler on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. What's going on, Bart? Not much, man. Getting excited for this game. The people are filling in. I'm actually, I uh, did a couple laps in the parking lot. It's actually hot, dude. Yeah, I did not expect it to be this hot. I think a lot of people were kind of dressed for a more cozy atmosphere. The roof is closed, and even though it could be open, apparently the players prefer it closed so they can see the ball better. So whatever they think helps them win, that's the scene right now here at AmFam Funhouse. So it's hot, you said? Yeah, dude. I mean, This uh, says it's 72 is what I'm seeing. Okay, there's a conspiracy going on with the temperature this year. <laughs> What's that? It's that um, – the temperature that we're being told is like 10 to 15 degrees lower than what it really is. This has been happening all summer, I swear to God. Oh, yeah, that yeah. or I'm just, my body's not good at maintaining heat anymore, so pick one. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know, like when Rami's in here doing his show, we had this conversation yesterday on the air. I had a, a pullover on, my, my uh, pullover on wearing it because I'm always cold in this building, uh, and as is Gary and Leroy and plucker and rami was like oh you dress like it's so cold i'm like it is cold in here and he's like oh i'm sweating by the time i get done doing my show so uh, i was like, yeah no yeah i'm with them yeah you're the same way yeah so uh, everybody's body is different i guess uh okay so let's talk about braves fans what kind of representation have you seen amongst brave fans so far in the parking lots uh, i've actually seen a couple i mean i don't think it's going to be enough to make an impact but you know it's a little different here where we all know the Braves were a franchise here. I just ran into my buddy's father, who was sporting a Milwaukee Braves shirt. So he is of a certain age where he would have remembered the Braves. And uh, he's, he's got allegiances to both clubs, I guess. But, man, it is it – is, yeah, Sparky, I kind of I like teared up a little bit on, on my way out of the stadium to the parking lot because first thing I see was some young kids playing catch. I've never taken my son to a game yet, and I'm like, I'm like tearing up a little bit. You're tearing up over watching somebody play catch in the parking lot because you're thinking one day you and your son will be able to play catch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what's a better What's a better father's fun fun sport than baseball, man? And now it's the playoffs. 
and you can rip your kid out of school to tailgate with you? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to help you before you get yourself in any type of hot water because this has been going on since the station started. Uh, and maybe it's changed over the course of time. But when Tim Allen has brought up in the past about taking his son out of school and his son was in school, he would get annihilated on this radio station for how dare you take your kid out of school to go to a sporting event. So just be careful is all I'm saying when you start talking about this on the radio on your morning show. Be ready for people well, not to be okay happy. To take your son? Is there a time that it's okay to take him out of school? Um, I, I don't know about that. But for sporting events, people were definitely against it. And well, we're a sports talk station. Is, well, yeah, well, that's kind of messed up. Then, then I think our listeners need to correct themselves because we're, what, what can you take? Where, where, where are you going to take your kid? Would you take your kid out of school to go to a museum? Yeah. Is this a museum? Yeah. Would you take your kid out of school to go to a vacation? Yep. How is this not a vacation right in your backyard? Would you take him out to go to a doctor? Yeah. Well, this is going to fix any problems you have between you and your son when you're bonding over a bag of cracker jacks. So I don't see why you wouldn't take your son to a game. I'm going to take my son to as many games as possible. Look, hidden secret, kids don't need to be in the school as much as they are, by the way. Grades don't count until college. Don't say so that. I'm going to take my no. son to as many grades no. as uh, as I can. No, that's not true. Stop. Don't say that stuff. Grades count all the way through. You're going to see. You'll find out the hard way. You're going to have, and they get older, and they start to figure things out. It's going to be like, oh, grades don't count to high school. Who cares about what I do in elementary school? In high school, you'll see. And then all of a sudden, freshman goes by. Oh, I got three years. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about me. No, don't don't put yourself in that situation. No, no, no. But when I was in school, I was getting you know, A's and B's and C's and F's in third grade. And then my younger brother, by the time he graduated, he was getting like unicorns and flowers if he did a good job and like Mr. Poison stickers if he failed. Remember Mr. Poison? Yes, I do. Yes. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, Bart Winkler, Bart Winkler Morning Show, uh, weekday morning, 6 a.m. Uh, to 10 a.m. Uh, who do you like tonight? Corbin Burns versus Charlie Morton. We went over the starting lineups in the last segment and matchups uh, as far as history goes and these starting lineups. The Brewers... Uh, stink out loud outside of Christian Yelich against Charlie Morton uh, in in their career at bats against Morton. Uh, the Braves have had a little bit more success against Corbin Burns, mainly Dansby Swanson, who owns Corbin Burns at this point. Uh, who do you like tonight? I like the Brewers because of Burns. If there's something that worries me, it might be, you know, first inning jitters and maybe the Braves pop a home run here in the first inning or so. Then you're playing from behind being at home. Uh, I don't know, man. Charlie Morton... He's one of these guys that I remember him in Pittsburgh, and he was no good. We were we were looking at his stats. He had like a seven ERA one year in a in a year where he started twenty plus games, and then he's kind of had a reclamation for himself in his thirties. And Willie Adamas was talking about it here yesterday because they were teammates in Tampa. Morton would be like he'd like turn on a different gear in the postseason. Some of these guys do that. Arena is a great player, but for Tampa in the playoffs, he's the greatest of all time. It's like. And I think Charlie Morton's one of those guys, too. So he kind of does worry me a little bit on the mound. I think that it's that first inning's going to be key, man, the first couple of innings. If the Brewers can make sure Burns gets in a groove, they should be, they should be okay to go. But we'll see. Morton is not like – still, when I see the phrase Charlie Morton, I think Buccaneers, terrible. But he is, he's become a really good pitcher, good enough to start game one here on the road. Bart, uh, I'm going to have on Eric Bischoff uh, coming up in the next segment uh, of Wrestling Fame 2021, WWE Hall of Famer, WCW fame back in the day. Uh, anything you want me to ask Eric Bischoff for you? 
Uh, you can ask him about, you know, AEW's pretty hot right now. See if he thinks they're hot-shotting too much or, like, booking all the good stuff too soon. Uh, see him, uh, Eric Bischoff, a couple hours ago, actually. Uh, there was a tweet from WrestlingInc.com that uh, CM Punk says it will take at least five years to see the effect of recent AEW debuts. Uh, Bischoff quote tweeted it with a uh, little kid laughing hysterically. Yeah, um, I'd love to say more, but for some reason there's like 20 people banging on a drum. <laughs> what? What do you like mean? Like a like a there's Brewers a drum line. I don't know where these people are from. A Brewers drum line? It? Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, Brewers drum line or what? Yeah. Oh man, I wish I was there. It sounds. Oh no, we got. Uh, sounds good. I think it's Rufus King. All Rufus King's drum line. Yeah, but they're just. They're they're not. I don't think they're going to the game. They're just drumming. Man, you should All do right. some live streaming video of that on your Twitter account. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Uh, no live streaming. No live streaming. It's way too hot here. Party wore long sleeves and long pants. I need to get back in that air-conditioned press box ASAP. All right, Bart. Well, you have a good one. Thank you, Bart, for checking in. You'll be checking in after every score on Rami's show, right? Yeah, just in case your TV fails and you can't get the you know the game. Well, a lot of people can't watch. But a lot of people can't watch TV at work. But they could, you know. I know. That's could, why I'm here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, all right. Very yeah. good. There he is, Bart Winkler on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Apply for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Just breathe. My Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Uh, Dan Plucker, a question for you. Um, so... Do you really think that this, uh, look at, see, Sam Schmitz just walked in here, another producer, sweatshirt on. So is it really us that are the wrong ones that think it's cold in here or Rami and Bart are wrong for thinking it's hot in here? It's cold in here. On a, on a routine basis, it is cold in this room. So it's not just me. Like no. my hands Leroy are like frozen right now. thinks the same right thing, now. so does Gary. That's why they wear oh, pants and a sweatshirt. Gary layers when he walks in here every day. And Rami's time up dripping a sweat before this whole thing is said and done. Oh, Sam's in here. Sam's just grabbing doesn't make headset. sense to me. Yes, Sam. It's for sure always colder out here, like in our main studio. Oh, then the producer. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And man, in the winter too, there's a Gary uses a little uh, space heater. Yep. Sometimes I got to use that every time I'm in here. Really? Yeah. So you get cold too. Okay. So it's not just us then. So Rami and Bart are nuts. All right, saying it's awful. He's hot in here. I no. I agree with the producer booth. I've been in there before where it's been cooking. And people are like dying of heat in there. The temperatures uh, are all jacked up over here. But yeah, it's way. always weird in the producer booth. It'll either be freezing cold. It's usually freezing cold in here during the summer, and then boiling hot in here during the winter. So it's really can't not, win. No, no, it's, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't work very well. All right, coming up next, Eric Bischoff, uh, formerly of of course uh, WCW fame, co-host of Eighty Three Weeks with Eric Bischoff podcast, twenty twenty one. WWE Hall of Fame member and will be a part of Crusher Fest coming up uh, as well. And 
uh, at the Bucyrus Museum in South Milwaukee tonight, part of a big wrestling card coming up tonight, uh, roundtable, I should say, coming up tonight. We'll talk to him about all of that straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky, five with you, Dan Plucker, executive producers. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, Lakeland edu brewers braves game one american family field the nlds don't forget after the last pitch you make the switch to tim allen with the bella windows and doors of wisconsin post game show coming up uh, after that one is over bart winkler with live reports during rami's show coming up from three until six gonna switch gears here uh and move to crusher fest uh that's coming up in south milwaukee get tickets Info for that at DocCrusher.org, DocCrusher.org. Being joined by the 2021 WWE Hall of Famer, Eric Bischoff, now uh, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Eric, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Uh, So coming up tonight, uh, you and Medusa, the High Flyers, Ken Jay, all doing an AWA roundtable uh, at 7.30 tonight at the Bucyrus Museum uh, in South Milwaukee that just got redone here recently. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, talk about what this AWA roundtable is going to be all about tonight. Well, you never can tell. You know, that's the great thing about these uh, question and answer kind of formats. It's really up to the crowd. They're the ones answer, answer, uh, asking the questions, and we're up there on the hot seat. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But at the core of it all, it's about – you know, the legacy of the Crusher and and his association with the AWA and and the impression that he left on so many wrestling fans like me as a kid growing up in Minneapolis. Uh, And I'm sure Medusa as well and and Greg and Jim will have their own perspective because they've worked with him closely. So, and Kenny J. I'm really, I can't wait to meet Kenny J, man. He was one of my favorites. So it's it's just going to be fun. And the audience is going to dictate the direction of the show. So that brings up my my first question, uh, wrestling question. How did you get involved in the industry that that led you to eventually you know, running WCW and being a part of that and then crossing back over here and becoming a Hall of Famer with WWE? It was uh, really just coincidence. I, I had a project that I was working on with a good friend of mine, and I knew that it would probably appeal to wrestling fans, and I called up Vern Gagne one day. I was a high school wrestler and wrestled in college, and I knew that Vern was a very big supporter of amateur wrestling, so I thought I'd play the amateur wrestler card to try to get a meeting with Vern. It worked. I got the meeting, and uh, shortly thereafter was hired to kind of fulfill a sales and marketing role within the AWA, and then it just kind of took on a life of its own from there. So what was that like back in the day? I mean, wrestling obviously uh, was a thing even back then when Vern Gagne and those guys uh, were running that. But how were people as far as, you know, wanting to advertise and be a part of that industry back then versus where we are today? It was much, much different. You know, of course, the the AWA was still very much a local, what they refer to as a territory, a small regional promotion. Right. So the advertising, you know, one of the biggest advertisers that I got on board back at the time was a Wisconsin brewery uh, called Heilman Brewing Company. And they were based in La Crosse and had like 34, 35 different beer brands from around the country, but they were all brewed in La Crosse and got them on board to sponsor a celebrity touch football game. And before you knew it, they were on board. But it was very, very regional at the time. All of my efforts were designed to try to get local television stations throughout Wisconsin and Iowa, obviously Minnesota, North South Dakota, and so forth. Um, to to carry the AWA show so that Vern could use that local television show 
to promote live events. It was really, really kind of a sophisticated infomercial right. <laughs> for the live event business. Sure, no doubt. Eric Bischoff joining us here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Uh, and then, you know, Vince uh, in his whole deal comes in and, and tries to make it a uh, nationwide deal, uh, obviously up against you guys. How did that battle play out uh, in the early stages? Well, that all started before I went to work for AWA. I went to work for AWA in 1987. So, that, you know, Vince McMahon taking his regional promotion. That had been going national. for a while, yeah. Yeah, that had been going. So, you know, Vern had lost, you know, like Hulk Hogan and Gene Oakland and Bobby Heenan and a lot of the big names that were, you know, associated with AWA. They had all left. And Vern was kind of operating on fumes. And, you know, I, <clears throat> I love Vern Gagne. Nothing but respect for him for the rest of my life, for the opportunities that it helped create for me. But that being said, Vern was a very stubborn, proudful guy. And he wasn't willing to believe that a company like Vince McMahon would would be successful in the long run. So Vince, or excuse me, Vern stuck to his guns. So did Vince, and Vince won. So how does the transition then happen for you? How do you end up at WCW in the role that you ended up playing uh, at the end there? Well, I, I worked for Vern in the AWA for a long time without getting paid. <clears throat> the, you know, the, the funds were drying up, and, and Vern was really funding the AWA last several months or last year, really, or two, out of his own personal um, savings, and those were running dry. And all of us, it wasn't just me, but a lot of us were working without really getting paid. And I couldn't take it anymore. I had two really young kids, house payments, and cars are getting repossessed out of the driveway, and propane to buy and things like that. And I had heard that WCW was looking for an announcer. By that time in 91 or whatever it was, I'd spent quite a bit of time on ESPN. I was the host of Burns show on ESPN Monday through Friday. So I had some on-camera presence and uh, awareness. And I applied down at Turner Broadcasting to, to be an announcer for WCW. And I got hired and kind of ate my way up the food chain from there. How did the Hogan thing all come about? Um, well, Hulk had left uh, WWE, WWF back then. Right. You all, you know, many people can still remember the, the, the steroid trial and the fallout that resulted yep. from that. And I think Hulk had two really young kids at the time of all that went down. And I think Hulk, you know, was 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 just done with WWF, uh, and and the steroid trial took a big toll on him. But Hulk also had an opportunity to do a new television series with the producers of Baywatch called Thunder in Paradise. Oh, I remember and that. Hulk was, yeah, he was producing that show down at the Disney MGM Studios at the same time I was producing WCW programming at the Disney MGM Studios. So kind of hooked up a, a meeting. You know, or I, I had someone actually that knew Hulk, I think it was Rick Flair, pass him my phone number, and Hulk gave me a call one night, and that kind of started the ball rolling, and couple months later we were in business together see and that's the thing that that kind of blows my mind a little bit here is because as successful as that whole thing was i mean i remember that was like the national news like here in wisconsin like it was local news 5 to five thirty, and then five thirty six was the national news on abc or whatever and with that whole nwo hogan gone heel thing that made the national news with a bunch of gray hairs watching around the country going why is this on my tv set right now I mean, it was that big of a deal at the end of the day, but I kind of feel like even with all that being said, it still wasn't enough to necessarily get that WWE 
uh, you know, beat the WWE necessarily at the end of the day. And now when people start talking about AEW and here they come, I just have a hard time buying into it. Well, AEW, you know, here's the difference. You know, when I went head-to-head with WWE, I went head-to-head. They call it the Monday Night Wars for a reason. Right. Because they had a show on a Monday night, and I had a show on Monday night at the very same time. AEW's not doing that. They're they're on different nights. And they're, AEW and their talent, I know the CM Punk said some stupid stuff today um, about it. it's going to take five years, you know, for the impact of CM Punk and Brian Daniels and Adam Page to really, you know, Sink in. I mean, that was like the clown statement of the year. They're they're on the sidelines taking shots at WWE, but they're not really competing with them. They're they're afraid to, or they just don't have the ability or the confidence to. Whereas with WCW, we went head to head with WWE and we beat them consistently, beat them badly, as a matter of fact, embarrassingly so, for quite a long time. Now WWE, to their credit, Vince McMahon, to his credit, you know came back. They changed the way they were doing business. They followed the formula that we had established that we were using to beat them, and they came back even stronger. They were they were the great counterpunchers, is what they were. But, you know, AEW and, 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 and the people associated with it, I think it would be good for them to kind of just, just keep doing their thing and building their brand. But you look at WWE right now on Monday night going head-to-head against Monday Night Football, they're still delivering 1.8, 1.9 million viewers. AEW on a Wednesday night with no real competition is a little over a million. So there is no real competition. There's a perceived competition, but there's not a real competition. The AEW show on Friday night, they'll be lucky to break 700,000 viewers. On Friday night on SmackDown, they're doing $2.5 million, $2.3 million viewers. So it's not a real competition, but it's kind of like a cosplay competition. And the fans get excited about that cosplay, but it's not real. So what eventually ended up happening at the end of the day with WCW? How did that just kind of go away? I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot of variables there, and that would take two hours, really, to get to it. But I think it comes down to two things. Um, one, and, and the, the biggest, biggest, by far, 75% of the reason, is that management AOL Time Warner did not want wrestling on the network period. No one ever at Turner Broadcasting wanted wrestling on the network, with the exception of Ted Turner. Ted was the only one. When I came to WCW in 1991, we knew that senior management of Turner Broadcasting every month in their executive board meetings were trying to convince Ted to pull the plug on WCW. It was a money-losing proposition. It was embarrassing to a lot of executives. They didn't really want wrestling on their network. Uh, but Ted was steadfast, and he believed in it. By the time AOL Time Warner came along, Ted lost a lot of it. In fact, he lost any influence. He was no, he was regulated to a, a, a corner office, and he had no control over anything. And then, you know, those who wanted to get rid of wrestling kind of made sure that it happened. That was seventy-five percent of it. The rest of it, well, you know, partly it was me. I, I would say creative fatigue. You know, I was spending more of my time fighting executives from AOL Time Warner than I was you know, focusing on my show, um, trying to survive the changes that were being forced on us. But that was my fault. Um, but I, I would say it was a combination of really those two things were the primary. And there, there were other things, too. Talking with Eric Bischoff here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Do you see young, creative talent uh, coming up in the industry right now on either side of those two or other uh, places within wrestling uh, that are comparable? Because... 
I mean, I'll be honest. I stopped watching WWE uh, for a long time because I just didn't think the creative was all that good um, and kind of went away from it. Do you see young guys coming up or girls coming up with that creative juices flowing and add something uh, in the future? I, I, I certainly do, and I, I agree with you, and I agree with people who are you know, disappointed in the creative at WWE, but that's not the talent's fault. Correct. You know, and and it, it, it's, it, it's, it's the company's fault. But we all have to remember, and I remind myself of this when I get critical, is that WWE is producing a safe wrestling product for a worldwide audience, which means you can't take a lot of the edgy kind of content that used to you know, turn the audience on so much. You can't produce wrestling that way, because especially in today's environment, as we all know in the media and social media, you know, you do something that's a little controversial on television for entertainment purposes, you know, ask Dave Chappelle, and the next thing you know, you've got people trying to put together, you know, organizations to take you off the air. Right. You've got to be really careful nowadays in what you do. And, and I think because entertainment as a whole has become so sanitized that it becomes less compelling. When was the last time you've seen good stand-up comedy on television? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't. There's a reason for it. And, and I think the same thing has kind of happened to wrestling. But it's not because there's not talented people involved. It's just trying to survive, you know, in the television culture. And when you're a company as big as WWE on Fox Network, not Fox Cable, Fox Network, in prime time in USA, and it's all driven by advertisers, you have to be cognizant of kind of the restrictions that, you know, current culture puts on you. And it tends to kind of dilute the product. Makes a lot of good sense to me. Hey, tonight's AWA Roundtable. Make sure uh, to get there. 730 at Bucyrus Museum in South Milwaukee. Uh, Eric Bischoff, who we're talking to now. Medusa, the High Flyers, Ken Jay, all there. Question and answer. Go hang out with them uh, tonight. The Brewers game will be over long before that one uh, gets started at the Bucyrus Museum in South Milwaukee. If you want to go to Crusher Fest, you should. I went last year, or two years ago, I guess it was. Thecrusher.org. Thecrusher.org. Great Lakes Championship Wrestling uh, has an event uh, Saturday at 3.30 at Crusher Fest 2. So make sure to check that out. Eric, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate you. I had a blast with you guys. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. You betcha. Take care. There he is Eric Bischoff. Follow him on Twitter at eBischoff. Check out uh, his podcast, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Uh, don't forget, as well, applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe, and let Great Midwest Bank be experience, uh, experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Uh, and, of course, Cal Hero. Mr. Fanny Pack himself, the Fanny Pack kid. Uh, he'll be uh, wrestling uh, at 3.30 at Great Lakes Championship Wrestling uh, at Crusher Fest this weekend, too. Make sure to check all of that out. Coming up next, Rami Makloff, The Rami Show. It's going to get you ready for the Brewers game coming up uh, at 3.37. And then uh, some Packers talk, Ryan Wood. Let's see what else Rami has cooked up for the show. That's straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness, live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. I could have talked to Eric Bischoff for probably two or three hours. Like, I didn't know this roundtable was going on tonight, but I would have loved to host this roundtable tonight, this AWA roundtable. I mean, this is, that's like, Growing up watching wrestling, you're Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, you can't you can't make that happen on short notice. I wasn't asked to, so I don't know I'm who's saying. I don't you know. Have to be asked, just I don't just be like I'm coming to MC this thing. Yeah, sure. I'm Steve I don't Sparky Pfeiffer. I don't know who the MC is. I'm guessing former maybe women's champion Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Man. Right, you're damn right. Um, 
And I, I'm guessing maybe it's Lance Allen from Channel 4 because Lance is a big wrestling guy. Um, maybe it's not. I, I don't know who the MC is, to be honest with you, but it's going to be a great deal. So besides me, Museum South Milwaukee, 730, uh, go check it out. It'll be I a like lot of fun. jersey. That's nice. Yeah, the Brewers jersey, Claws nice, Up. That's a nice Brewers jersey. Yeah. So pretty excited. I don't. I can't get with Claws Up. Sam and I were having this discussion earlier today. Yeah, I know. Bart and Toby were having the discussion this morning. I don't really care one way or the other what y'all think. I. It's something to say. It's something to be a part of. But it doesn't it gives make you sense. something. And, and Why not, doesn't it make sense? They've been doing it all year. Because they're the Brewers. Like, Claws Up is for maybe the Tigers, not for the it's Brewers. It's the exact same thing that that Tony Plush did and the rest of these fools did back when with Braun and Fielder. The exact same thing. It's not chantable. Like fear, it's the fear same the thing. De- fear the deer and Bucks and Six were chantable. You could chant. We're not going to chant. Bucks and Claws Six was up. was something that didn't happen. It was a failure. It did happen. And, and we and we Ultimate, rallied. Ultimately, the prophecy came true. But you, we rallied around a failed prophecy. But the prophecy ultimately came true. <laughs> yeah, a hundred years later. Twice. Sure. Twice. All I'm saying is not listen, once, but no, three times. That's fine. Not twice. Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. And I'm fine with that. I have no problem with Bucks and Six. I like him. I'm a big Brandon Jennings guy. But this everybody getting all worried about Claws Up. I don't know. You don't have to say it if you don't want to. It doesn't matter to it's me. It's like an inside joke that they decided for to like, make for everybody. Today, the five-year-old goes into kindergarten, walks into the school, yeah. right? Gets dropped off. Yeah. He's walking in. We, we convinced him. Yeah, again, he's Cubs, right? But yeah, he, he but he likes oh Vogel back on the Brewers and Rowdy Tellus. He goes, Rowdy, Rowdy, right? It's a fun name to chant. So he was good. Things that are chantable right. are fun, dude. So he was going to wear Cubs stuff today. And Kay's like, no, no, no. You wear Brewers stuff today because we're going out in Illinois this week. And she's like, plenty of time to wear Cubs stuff. And maybe I'll get you something else Cubs stuff tonight uh, this weekend. Okay, fine. Sounds good. So he puts on his that Brewers. Easy, huh? Yeah. Wow. So he puts on the Brewers jersey. She does his mohawk and like blue and gold or yellow tips or whatever. So he's all looking all Brewers like. So he goes in and um, I got him prepared this morning about this whole closet up thing. So he's walking in and sure enough, as he's walking in, one of the teachers yells, Jackson, claws up. And he turns around and does the claws up thing to the teacher. He's like, claws up or whatever. He goes walking in. So. I don't know. I think it's cool. It's something to do. I, it's a cool really celebration. I'm not saying it's not a cool celebration. I'm just saying it's not to to me. It's not the the greatest marketing uh, campaign. For me, I think when they now that they've they're pushing it, it takes too much explanation. Now that they're no, it won't be. You're watching on TV. You see the guy do it at second base. Oh, I get the claws up thing. How hard is it? So now you know somebody gets a double claws up. Everybody in the lower bowl should all put claws back up to the guy on second base. Okay. Or okay. what? That—that's right. how this should fun. play out. I guess that'll be fun if they do it. All right. They should put claws up with somebody doing on the screen. I don't want to be a party. When pooper. somebody I'm hits not here a double, to be a party pooper. That's not at all what I'm here. No, to do. I know, but a lot of right. people think it's manufactured or whatever. You know me. I like it. I'm all about fun. They put out a video of Manny Penny explaining the whole thing. Yeah, I know. That's, the tiger that's the and all that. You need an explanation. Like when they said fear the deer, we didn't need an explanation. It was just fear the deer. When, when it, you said bucks and six, everybody around the country said, "What the hell are they talking about? Oh, it's something that happened like a decade ago, but they're all into it." In Milwaukee, That's true. so that did require some backstory. Stop, give me a that break. That did require some backstory. This, at least, That's you true. see this when you're watching the Brewers game. I told at least a dozen people what Bucks and Six was during the playoff. Run. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you're gonna tell me that Bucks or that you got to explain the claw? No, you don't. You'll see it as soon as you watch a game. It'll happen. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that anyway. is true. All right, what do you got coming up? I on heard your you. Show and, today? I heard you and Bart talking earlier. We'll get to what's on my show today. Whatever. Um, oh. <laughs> no, we All do right. have we have a really good show today. I'm exci- right, it sounds like I'm it. excited about the show today. But I heard you and Bart talking and saying that he and I are the only ones who think it's hot. Anymore. That's how I get you to listen. Is I have to put Bart on my show? Huh? No, I was. Just, That's how it works. Here's what happened. Figured was, uh, it out. No, here's I'll tell you. I'll be straight up with you with what happened. So I switched from uh, 
you know, the Sirius XM dial. I was listening to Stern. Of course. I switched it to the AM dial to find the baseball game. But when I switched to the baseball game, it was on, when I switched to AM, it It was was on 1250. We used to listen to the station sometimes. And I was like, Bart and Sparky together. I'm going to listen to this. So I listened to that. Never happens. And I heard you guys talking. Yeah, very rare. That's how I landed on you. Yeah, it's very rare that we are talking together on a show. So uh, That's been a common theme with me and morning show hosts on this station, I found. Like, Wicked and I, we never really did shows together. No? I think Wicked and I did one I show together everybody. in the I've entire worked, time. I've worked with literally everybody who's come through those doors. Yeah, morning guys and me, normally I don't do shows with those guys. I don't know why that is. I, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I don't. You're hard to work with. Man. Chuck Freeman, I did a morning show with him once. Yeah. That was fun. We had a good time yeah, that morning. That. Um, Doug Russell, when he was here. I was his original first co-host, waiting for Mike Wicked to get here from Michigan. So I did shows with him for a while. I remember that. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, well. Chuck Carbedian and I did the morning show together. Anyways, I think it's just I, I'm 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 a I'm a little bit I was much bigger, but I'm still a little bit of a bigger guy. And Bart nowadays is a little bit of a bigger guy. I think we cracked the code as to why why it's hot in here. Muscles? <laughs> no, I mean like you said bigger, like muscles, yeah, like the no, guns. like I was a little flabby, a little flabby. You think little, that's why? Little, yeah. For sure. Yeah, we retain heat. We have an extra layer of insulation. You lost all that weight. I still sweat like a fat guy, dude. Yeah, you said that yeah, before, I, yeah. Yeah. Really? I really still, like, I don't even know why it was a mystery. So then maybe it's just now. a body thing. Yeah, it is. It's just a body thing. That's I, f- I figured it out on the way here. So it's not a fat guy thing, it's just a body thing. Well, but fat guys retain heat. But you're not fat. I still have, like, a layer you have a layer have still a, you got to get rid of? I, I can't get rid of it. That's oh. the thing. There's, You'd I have just, to have surgery yeah. to have it cut off? Yeah. That melted candle thing that you yeah. always talk about? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I don't know why you took that out of your stand-up bit. It's still in. I just didn't do it the night that you were there. I did it the next night. Yeah, I did it the next night at the airport. You got a lot of good stuff. The thank airport the, the airport one, that was really good it. years ago. You probably don't do that anymore. I, do, I still do that. Do you? Yeah, yeah that sure. was really good, too. Yeah. Am I, I think I can still do that. I haven't done it in a while. I can still do that, right? Yeah. Going back to the thing Eric Bischoff was talking about. That's not... I'm not going to get canceled. Am I? It's funny that he said there's no good stand-up comedy on TV. <laughs> it's like... Trying to tell their I mean, comedians sitting right that's here. Not, that is absolutely not true. There's plenty of good comedy out there. There's plenty of good comedy out there that's not, you know, in the sights of canceled. So culture. you're a comic. Yes. How much of your TV is based around watching stand-up comedy on TV? Oh, because it's, it's literally on all the time. It's o- only like if it's a comedian that I that I need to see their special. If it comes out, I'll watch it. Other right than away. that, not really. Yeah, not really. No. I wonder what their numbers Dude, are for that so show. Much, I see so much stand-up. Right. I see so much stand up. I hear I'm going to go home and watch stand up. Totally get it. Yeah. Right. There's like a handful of guys, though, that their special comes so out. So, why is it. that? Why is it that you say that? And well, I guess you're the same way in sports talk radio. But for like me, like I, I'm always listening to sports talk. Like that's all I do. I, I listen to, if I listen to music, it's very rare. But normally I'm just always looking to sports talk radio, whether it's Sirius XM or if it's. Just on my AM dial listening, or now FM dial, whatever the case may be, I'm always listening to sports talk radio. Even though I do it for a living, I'm yeah. still always listening to it. Yeah. Because I love it, and that's why I do what I do. Uh, what do you got coming up on the show? On the show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, we will set the stage for game one of the NLDS. In a closed roof stadium. Between the Brewers and the Braves. They put the roof on it. That's cool. Closed. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, they, said there was, they said there was rain in the forecast. It is rain in the forecast. 72. Uh, people are, it, it could get a little hot in so there, I think. It's good to have that option. That's yeah. why you want to have that option. So we will uh, ask Bruce fans how you feeling. Call your shot for this series. World Series. Are you going to put it on your mama? We're only talking about this series. Are you going to put it on your mama? Also, we will hear from Bart Winkler of the Bart Winkler Morning Show, scene setter from uh, American Family Field about 
315. Did you hear was, him say you almost cried today? I, I did. We're going to get into that. You two are way he too and, much alike. He and I are going to talk about that. What you do you mean? Very, y'all just be brought to tears over anything. Y'all are just. <laughs> you mean we have emotions? Whatever like, like you want to call it. Whatever. <laughs> like like we're, we're human beings? Sure. We're just like each other in the, yeah. in the way that we're human? Yeah. And we let ourselves feel things? Y'all yeah, we're, def- very, we're like each other. Y'all we're very much like each other. These two have way. a lot of feelings. <laughs> a lot. Some feelings unrecognizable, <laughs> but they have feelings, yes. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur at uh, 3.45. At 4 o'clock, Sparky. Josh Myers is out. That is not good. I'm looking forward to 4 o'clock. Why? On the Rami Show. My first time. I don't know about you, but my first time interviewing a real-life bona fide rock star. Have you ever had a rock star on? I got a feeling this is all a scam. No. I have a bona fide. You, I have a Grammy. Tease, no- yeah, right. You teased this yesterday, and all I was thinking sitting there was, this is a scam. He's going to have, like, Tim Allen on or somebody. Ah, <laughs> oh, lead singer of whatever Tim's band no, is called. No, dude. No, I have a Grammy-nominated rock star on my show today. Chris Voss, lead singer of the Grammy-nominated record company, will be on the show coming up at 4 o'clock. They're kicking off their tour in Milwaukee this Sunday. Time out. Yes. What what is he? What he's the lead singer. What's the name of the band? Of the Grammy nomin- Grammy nominated the record company. The name of their band is the record company. I'd let me guess. You have a problem with that? By the way, he's a huge fan of the station and yours. He listens the all the record time. Record company. He listens all the time. Be nice. What do you? What do you? What? What? So what do I know that he sings? They got a bunch of hits, dude. They they're actually number three on the uh, uh, Billboard right now. Are you going to pull up some record company right now? Well, it's got to be better than A.J. Lemberg. I know I know. Sam probably downloaded some. If you go into my sound folder for today, there's probably a couple of... Oh, it's not there yet. My bad. Uh, the record... Oh, sure enough, the record company. Yeah, dude. Cassettes, records, all available. No. <laughs> no, that's not what it is. Sorry. The record... You're such an old man. The record company dot... You're such an old man. God. company dot com. <laughs> Dot net, sorry, the record company dot net. Uh, wow. All right. So it's a rock, are they rock? Yes, they're a rock band, dude. They're number three right now on the billboard behind uh, Vance Joy and the Foo Fighters. I don't know who Vance Joy is. I've heard of the Foo Fighters. They've been around the for a Foo while. Fighters. Yeah. Rita Mae Young, Off the Ground. Are you going to play something or are you just going to like mumble stuff that you're reading off no, their Wikipedia just, page? I was just checking like it a, out. Like the old so, man that you are. I don't understand. They're from LA. How do they know about our station? He's he's from Milwaukee. Chris is he's and he's, oh. he said he listens all over the country, like wherever they're touring. He takes the Odyssey app with them and listens to the show and reached out and asked to be on the show, which is crazy. Like a Grammy nominated lead singer so, of a rock band is reaching out to me. To this tell is me, pretty cool. Their music is influenced by blues musicians like John Lee yeah, Hooker. Dude, play some That's of the cool. music. People would rather Early, hear the music than you talking about it. You play music. You got him on. <laughs> Early punk bands like the Stooges. I don't know who they are. Uh, and rock bands like Rolling Stones, that's one hell of a combination of people. And it's they call it blues rock. Oh, I bet you this is really good. They are good. Nice. You know you know what you know what you know right, what they are, Sparky. And, and I don't know if here. tell me if we'll I should see. say this to him or not. Oh god, he very well could be listening right now. I don't know if he'd be offended if I told him this. Probably if you're thinking about it. They're that band that like I'm not gonna lie. This is one of them. This is this is a perfect example of what I was just this about is to paradise. say. Paradise. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've been a huge fan of the record company forever. But, like, I, yesterday I was, you know, getting ready to, to interview him today. And every time I pulled up a song of theirs, I was like, oh, yeah, I know this song. I like that song. They're that band. We're like, you don't necessi- necessarily know who sings the song, but you hear it everywhere, all the time, everywhere you go. They've been on, like, Fox Sports. 
One of their songs is the ESPN song of the month right now. All right, now quit talking. Using it on SportsCenter. What's the deal with all the beards? People wear beards. They all got beards. So is this dude the lead singer? Yes. He's good. They're a really good band, man. Like, is that is that so? Would you be offended if you were in a band and somebody described you that way? He looks like a country singer. I don't know if he's. A... They're not country. Well, I know. I'm just saying he looks like he's country. a. He looks like he'd be playing in Nashville somewhere. Yeah, this is good. Why don't you have this dude do a brew anthem? <laughs> like, seriously, hey, you, you come on, it, but I need a brewer you, song. You know what he told me? Did you ask him? You know what he told me? What? Huge fan of Buck's Lust. Huge fan of uh, Buck's Lust. Fan. <laughs> Shut this off. Rami is next with that dude. Uh, don't go anywhere. Toodles. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.